Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by LakeLink, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by the Open Season Sportsman's Expo going on this weekend through Sunday at Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. OpenSeasonSportsmansExpo.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will join me shortly, and today we'll take another look at the value of in-person hunter education classes. We'll also hear about spring behavior of rough grouse and woodcock and get a fishing report from the Wisconsin River. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Well, folks, it's time now for the weekly Madison Outdoors Report. You hear this feature on WTSO, the Big 1070, on our podcast on LakeLink, on iHeartRadio, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And joining us once again is pro angler and musky school head wrangler, Duffy Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, How you doing, Dan? Uh, well, I, I'm I'm staying alive. I'm uh, you know I've been fighting <laughs> something and I don't know what it is and <clears throat> hoping to get over it before before too long because spring is here. And uh, uh, speaking of the musky school, now the first Saturday was last week that that uh, happened, and the second one is for most listeners today. Um, how did the first Saturday go? <clears throat> The first week, uh, the first Saturday went extremely well. We had three uh, really good classes. Uh, mine went very, very smoothly, and I know that uh, Noah Humfeld uh, really impressed a lot of people from the evaluations that we've been getting, and Kevin Pischke just poured a ton of information out there to the people that uh, signed up for his class. So overall, we are thrilled with how things are going so far. Now, we've got today, a little later on today, starting at 9 o'clock, we've got uh, Jeremy Smith from Lindner Media doing his Sunset Country Muskies, and he really does a nice job of giving you an overview and ways to section down big bodies of water in Ontario in order to fish them correctly. Uh, that's at 9 o'clock. And then at 10.50, we've got Steve Worrell from Musky First. And, of course, Steve earns his living using the Internet, and he's teaching a class on using the Internet to help, your, uh, help you catch more muskies. Uh, Steve is a wealth of knowledge also, so you better have a pen and paper along. Take notes so you don't miss anything for his. And then at 1.10 in the afternoon, We've got uh, Steve Herbeck. Uh, uh, most people know Steve, and if you don't know Steve, he's probably one of the most uh, experienced muskie fishermen around, and he's going to be talking about uh, fishing rubber baits. And uh, when we filmed that one, I was just I was blown away by the amount of information that he puts out and, uh, you know, the experiences that he had. So a little later on today, we're going to have a, another good one, and uh, expert voices, that's that's the big thing. And for you, if you're going to sign up, you get to ask questions, type in questions under the, the Q&A uh, feature on Zoom. And then at the end of the presentation, the moderator will read the questions and the presenter will, will uh, answer those. Okay. Um, so there's still time to sign up for the, uh, the second Saturday if people haven't done it? Oh, certainly. That that's not a problem. Uh, to get in there, you've got to uh, have downloaded onto your computer or your mobile device uh, Zoom US and Zoom US. And if you have that, and you go to CapitalCityMuskiesInc.org and sign up for a class, then once you're signed up, you will get an email back. And on that email, it'll just say, click here. So about five minutes before the class starts, you just click on that that uh, blueprint on that, and uh, it'll take you right into the class. So it's pretty pretty good deal, and we really haven't had anybody having any technology glitches getting in, which that, that I'm really amazed at. But uh, it's working very, very smoothly, and Brett Cook is the one that deserves the credit on that one. Yeah, um, yeah, that that is kind of remarkable considering that uh, a lot of fishermen are uh, 
Well, so many muskie anglers are younger guys, and they're pretty tech-savvy, but, you know, it, it's not uh, the sharpest tool in our bag, i put it that way, for most, uh, most, <laughs> most fishermen. <clears throat> and uh, and then next week, the the whole series wraps up. Um, what, do we, what do we got lined up? <clears throat> well, I'm starting at 9 o'clock on April 3rd, which is the last of the three Saturdays. We have uh, Jerry Jorgensen, who is a guy from the Madison area that really knows how to catch muskies uh, fishing suckers. And, of course, most of the people, some people will do that in the spring, but most people will do it in the fall once the water starts getting pretty cold. And Jerry has some unique ideas, and he shows them. Uh-huh. Uh, and if anybody that's interested, uh, if you already do that, or you just want to get an idea of what it's like, um, make sure you take his class. And then that's followed at 10.50 with Matt DeVos. Uh, and he he is uh, just a master of breaking down Lake of the Woods and that huge body of water and what parts of it you should be fishing at what times of the year and what techniques should you be using. Uh, really, again, very, very uh, detailed. And bring your pen and paper along. Again, you don't want to miss anything on that. And I will tell people that if you do sign up for a class, if you know how to do a screenshot of the slides that come up with the information on it, execute that uh, screenshot on there so you don't miss anything. Mm -hmm. And then finishing up the last one and the last class of the Muskie School, we have a treat for everybody starting at 110. And that is Muskies on the Fly with Dan Small. And I think we might have some surprises for people at the end of that presentation. That's what I've heard, yeah. So uh, I will. I, I have not sat in on any of these so far, but obviously I will for mine. So, uh, so people will... Uh, uh, log into Zoom, they'll click and they'll be able to watch. And, um, so that'll be the presentation that you, that you and I recorded oh, a couple months ago now. Right. And I just added the slides at the appropriate time. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then, uh, the Q and A is, uh, I will be on live, um, uh, but but the questions will come from the moderator, right? So I won't be interacting right. directly. No, the, the only thing uh, that will show up for you at that point is a picture of the moderator or a video of the moderator and, and your picture on there. And uh, the moderator will read the questions and you just respond to it like you were doing it in your living room. Yeah. Okay. Works out pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I, I, uh, although I've done the presentation many times, I'm going to sit through it so I know exactly what people are hearing and seeing. And uh, you know, if they say, "Well, you showed that particular slide," or uh, "What about this fly or that tackle?" I'll, I'll be on top of uh, of what they just saw and heard, so I can make a, <laughs> a semi-intelligent answer anyway. There you go. Yeah. So uh, I think it'll be good, and and you've got pretty good attendance, you know, uh, comparing it to what uh, previous year you're doing real well. So excellent. we're very happy with that too. Excellent. So uh, all in all, you think the this uh, uh, virtual school is working? It's it's working better than I ever thought it would, and we're getting on some of the evaluations. People say. The only the only way uh, I'm ever going to be part of the Muskie School is if you do it online. And I think I mean we're getting there's people from Canada that are taking it. Sure. I know sure. Iowa. There's there's a couple of other states that I'm not. I don't know exactly what states the people are in, but they said they really couldn't come normally to the Muskie School. We only here in Wanakee because it's too far away. Yeah. So we're we're spreading out a little bit. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, we got about a half a minute left. Uh, any fishing going on? Well, there, there are some guys that are still uh, uh, going up on the river. I had uh, one of my friends stop in front of my house yesterday, and uh, he was having trouble with his new hummingbird, so I, I jumped in his boat and tried to help him as much as I, I could on that and get him uh 
get him uh, in a position where he can use that effectively when he's out there. But he said they're they're still catching quite a few fish up on the river, but there's still a lot of small males. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I, I think it's really going to hit the fan here pretty quick with some rain <clears throat> and some warmer temperatures and get some warmer water moving in there, and that will get those big gals moving in there to spawn very, very quickly. And I know that there are some people that uh, are accidentally catching sturgeon up there and muskie. Wow. Okay. So you can have a lot of excitement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could, yeah. especially if you have eight-pound test on all right. Well, Duffy, we're going to let you go, and uh, I'm looking forward to next weekend and uh, my part of the musky school. Let's hope it goes smoothly uh, uh, this weekend and next, and uh, we'll be in touch in a couple of weeks. All right. Very good, Dan. Thank you. You bet. Duffy Cup, the uh, pro angler who's uh, kind of uh, putting the musky school together with a bunch of other guys, with our Madison Outdoors report. I'm Dan Small. You can hear more Outdoors Radio straight ahead. Well, joining me again from his home studio in Wisconsin Rapids is Jeff Kelman. Jeff, I understand your role with the Federation Angler Bass and Walleye Tournaments is changing this year. Yeah, it is. Uh, kind of surprisingly, uh, uh, Jack Baker, who's been our tournament director for the last four seasons, uh, took a job in his first love, Dan. He's a, he's a golf pro. Oh, and, um, okay. yeah, like, I, you know, a lot of people that talk to, to, to Jack don't realize that, but, um, so he took a very lucrative job as a general manager in Bemidji, Minnesota and, uh, mm-hmm. uh, bravo for him. I'm super happy for him. Um, but that means that there was a need for a tournament director and I have accepted the position. So moving from announcer and what my title was as field event coordinator to, um, I'm going to remain the announcer and uh, we'll become tournament director. So um, that'll be for wow. the Masters Walleye Circuit, some of the North American Bass Circuit events, the high school fishing uh, events in the northern region, and the uh, the Walleye Federation, so uh, like the national team championship and, and whatnot. Yeah. Well, wonderful. More responsibilities, but basically still interacting with anglers and the people who come to watch the weigh-ins and everything. Yeah, like people that. won't see much of a difference at the weigh-ins. Some of the anglers know that uh, we're going to rely more on uh, collective tournaments, which is how it's stated in our rules. It doesn't always state tournament director. There's very few things that the director themselves has to worry about. Uh, it is tournament officials, and that's going to include some paid staff that we're going to put together and, and continue to run these events. So, yeah, folks watching online, live, and things like that, they won't notice much of a difference. The anglers, you know, I hope they um, see the the great group of people that we uh, bring in to, to continue to run these events at a high uh, at a high capacity. Yeah, okay. And you've already had one event last weekend, right? Yeah, we had Spring Valley, Illinois. That was our kickoff event. Uh, has been for many, many years, many decades, I guess. And, um, yeah, we had a good time. River level was good um we were you know always afraid on a spring event what that's going to look like but we had uh 25 pounds and seven ounces win uh 25 pounds and six ounces for second place Ooh, wow a <laughs> one ounce difference yeah right at the very end uh the team the second place team needed six eight they got six seven. Oh boy that's one so. fathead minnow that the walleye didn't cough up that's absolutely that's crazy. what I, I actually said that on stage i was like were you using live bait i mean is there a minnow stuck in the mouth i mean anything could have happened you know a little bit of whatnot but yeah so uh very close it was a lot of fun to it was cool drama it was a lot of fun oh well drama is always nice in weigh-ins i mean uh it's great for the angler who uh, who leads uh pole to pole uh, just like in uh indy 500 or something but boy when there's competition people are more interested and especially when the final weigh-in uh is where you learn the results so that that's cool that's a great way to start so um aside from that what signs of spring are you seeing or hearing in your neck of the woods well you know the grass is getting a whole lot greener in a hurry Uh, a little bit of rain has done that of course the sunshine um, you know, we got a few more birds that are making a bunch of noise in the woods and, uh, I probably can identify some of them and some of them I haven't paid attention enough to identify, but the wor- the woods are a whole lot more, um, musical 
at this time of year. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun that way. Um, you see, uh, you see a lot more turkeys out separated. You know, little smaller groups. Yep. Uh, right now, um, and a little bit more gobbling. We got uh, a couple of gobblers that uh, have hung out down to the south of my place the last few weeks now, and uh, so now I'm, I'm hearing them just about every morning at this point. Well, that's a good sign. Maybe you'll tag one of them this year. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, speaking of turkeys, all leftover permits are now on sale. There's still a bunch left for zones one and three, at least, for the last couple of periods. And uh, as always, they're available one a day until they're sold out or until the season ends or until you think you've got enough. Uh, I usually buy a, a pocket full, but I bought a couple uh, already. I, I'm just not going crazy this year because I'm still uh, recuperating and, and I don't want to overdo it. So I'm actually, I'm going to be smart about it this year. Well, that's probably the wisest choice, Dan. And I, I do have a, I do have some tags as well. I missed out on getting uh, a, getting a C, a period C for zone three. Hmm. Um, I had it marked in my phone at, to tell me at 10 o'clock and apparently I ignored the message or something like that, but yeah. Yeah, I got it myself a few other tags, and we'll see what we can do. I've got a, a B and uh, a D and E, and I haven't bought an F. Uh, there's plenty of them available for Zone 3. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll, if I if I still want to go, that's probably what I'll do. Yeah, good. And, of course, uh, elk permit applications are still on sale till the end of May, mm-hmm. and that's for a fall hunt. I've already done that. I don't know if you've done it or not. I have, yep. Yeah, good, good. Well, the Open Season Sportsman's Expo, we've been talking about it for about eight weeks now. It's going on this weekend through Sunday at Kalahari in the Dells. And I was hoping to make it, but, you know, I'm just still not 100%, so I will not be there. But Wisconsin Turkey Commander Lauren Voss will be in my booth. Uh, it's booth B19, and it's, uh, if you're looking on a map, um, uh, it's under Outdoor Wisconsin TV. And he's going to have... His turkey calls, but he's also going to have the all-new four-play box call that we uh, talked uh, to the maker about a few weeks ago, Brian Binokin, uh, and with a, a special price, a show-only special price. It's $85 instead of well over $100, and, you know, you're buying it right there, so there's no shipping involved. And you, you'll find him. He's going to be making a lot of noise with the four-play calls and his homemade wingbone calls for sure. Well, coming up, uh, DNR hunter education instructor and retired conservation warden John Planky warns about efforts to do away with the popular and important in-person hunter education classes and says what we can do about it. Rough Grouse Society Forest Conservation Director John Steigerwalt talks about spring behavior of grouse and woodcock. There's a lot of interesting things going on in the uplands this spring. And we'll kick things off with a fishing report from River's Edge Resort in Wisconsin Dells. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. The Midwest's largest fishing website, lake-link.com, is your online fishing resource. 90% of Lake Link's features are yours to use free of charge. And members get access to Lake Link's online lake map library, lets you get GPS coordinates of any spot on the lake, and export waypoints to your onboard electronics. Members also get free outdoor classified ads, discounts on online store merchandise, and a whole lot more. You can also listen to Outdoors Radio 24-7 on Lake Link. Listen to this week's show, catch any of our past shows, subscribe to our podcast, or even sign up for our weekly e-newsletter so you'll know in advance what's coming up right here. Just type in the keyword radio. See what you've been missing. Log on to lake-link.com today. That's lake-link.com. 
If your rifle, shotgun, handgun, or muzzleloader needs work this season, call Roger Williams at Northern Magnetic, LLC. A licensed professional gunsmith for over 35 years, Roger can repair, customize, rebarrel, install sights and scope mounts, and more on all firearms, makes, and models. When you need a professional gunsmith, call Roger at 262-339-1798 or visit FixGuns.com. That's 262-339-1798 or FixGuns.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. If you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupie and Abraham, named best personal injury law firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupie and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best. Hupie and Abraham, 800-800-5678. Or visit Hupie.com and all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham in Iowa, Illinois, and Wisconsin are open for business if you need help. Well, joining us now for a Wisconsin River Report is Botch Leonhardt. He's the proprietor of River's Edge Resort right on the river in Wisconsin Dells. Their website is riversedgeresort.com. Well, Botch, thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Dan. How are you? Well, I'm I'm getting by right now, you know. Um, I, I was hoping to see you guys this weekend because I was going to be at the uh, Sportsman's Expo, but I've got people covering it, so, um, you know, I've just got to lay low for a few more days and make sure I fully recover from whatever this is. But uh, how is the fishing now that the river's open? The fishing's been very good. They've been Lately, they've been getting a lot of smaller fish, and uh, split shot and minnow. They've been uh, starting to see bigger fish move in. They're, as the water comes up a little bit, the, the bigger fish start moving up river. So we're, we're starting to see some nice fish right now. Well, good. And um, the bigger ones, in my limited experience down there, are typically in the shallower water, the warmer water, the slower water. Is that really the case? Exactly, yes. They like to, they like to warm themselves up during the day and uh, stay in that warm water towards the evening. And, yeah, those bigger fish are in shallower water. Uh-huh. Yep. I, I fished years ago, as you know, with Scott Hill and uh, down downstream a couple miles from your place. And we caught a couple really nice fish with their almost their backs out of the water in, uh, you know, in, in the shallows. This was about this time, actually probably a week or so later, April or so. Um, is this, yep. is this early, um, or are we pretty much on target for normal, uh, spring, uh, spring fishing? We're pretty much on target for normal spring fishing. Um, right up by the dam up in the bay up there, they've been getting tons of smaller fish, a lot of keeper size. Um, and that's really a good sign, good sign when you start seeing the saugers. Um, and like I said, now the bigger females are starting to move up river. So yeah, it's, it's, it's right on target. It's, it's right where it should be. Oh, good. Looking for a little more. A little more water coming down here pretty soon, so. Yeah, well, now you have a river cam, uh, a live video camera l- overlooking your landing and uh, looking uh, uh, up the river a ways there, uh, or down river, I guess it is. Um, and, uh, you know, that that's a good way at, at least to get a visual idea of how much water is coming through, right? Yeah, we like to we like to uh, have the river cam on all the time because uh, a lot of times people call and say, "Hey, is the water high? Is the water low?" And depending on when they were here last, we don't know what they think is high and low. So what we do is we got that camera down there, and people can go on our website and hit river cam. They can see for themselves. Yeah, go compare it with what you remember. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, good. Have you got bait in the bait shop? If people need uh, minnows and stuff. Yep, everything's all loaded up. The bait, bait shop is fully running. We even have the boat rentals out. Um, and then we also have that midweek special. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Tell us about it. Well, what that is, is it's, it's called the midweek special, Sunday night through Thursday night. Uh, what you get for that is $85 based on double, uh, it's, it's $42.50 per person. So based on double occupancy, it's 85 bucks. And what that includes is, um, uh, motel room with either two double beds or one king, two 16-ounce T-bone dinners with all the fixings, and coffee and donuts in the morning, 
and it also includes your boat launch. So a guy can get out there and do a little fishing, spend the night, and not spend the fortune. Yeah, and have a wonderful steak dinner. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I'm going to miss this year is uh, dinner <laughs> dinners at your uh, at your restaurant. So, and your restaurant well, is, is open, right? Yep, restaurant's open and fully functional, so good. everything's going good. Yep. Good, good. Now, you have a contest coming up in April, near the end of April, right? Yes, we do. We have our, uh, we are going to have our um, spring walleye contest this April. It's the last full weekend in April. Uh, last year we did, we did, uh, we did not have it because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. So, but we are going to go through with it this year and, uh, and most of it will be outside, you know, we'll have all the ceremonies outside and everything sure. like that. So, yeah, everything should be good. And that will be on your website? Yes, it will, yep. Okay, and is there, is there a registration fee? We charge $10, and we pay back one through 25 places, and tr- tr- trophies, door prizes, and uh, chicken dinner at the end of it, all oh. for $10. Nice, nice. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk again uh, a couple of weeks before that to remind people about it and to see how the fishing has progressed. Um, well, um, I appreciate your report, and uh, like I said, I was really looking forward. I love staying uh, at uh, River's Edge. I love your condos and, uh, you know, uh, Mark LaBarber and Lauren Voss and Phil Freeboat of, um, who are going to be basically, uh, uh, standing in for me. Mark's got his own display, but Lauren and Phil are going to be kind of filling in for me at the expo this weekend. So, uh, uh, I will miss you guys, but they will certainly, uh, enjoy staying there and probably plan to have a couple meals in the restaurant. Well, very good. Thank you, Dan. So we're going to miss you this year. All right. Well, listen, uh, we'll keep in touch. I'll call you in a couple of weeks, and we'll see how things are looking uh, for your April contest. Very good. Thank you. You bet. And before I let you go, uh, I know you don't do much steelhead fishing, and, of course, you don't have any steelhead there in uh, the Wisconsin River, but I've heard that over on the Lake Michigan shore, steelhead and browns are showing up in the East Twin River in Michicot and at Shoto on the West Twin, and steelhead are also showing up in the Little Manitowoc, Silver Creek, and Manitowoc River all the way up to the Clarks Mills Dam. So if people want a little variety, um, there are opportunities to catch some of those spring steelhead. Well, sir, um, we will be in touch, as I said. And again, I, I appreciate your help. Thank you very much, Dan. You bet. Botchley and Hart is the proprietor of River's Edge Resort in Wisconsin Dells. You can learn more about the uh, midweek special, the fishing opportunities, the boat launch, and river levels, and all that on their website, riversedgeresort.com. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Joining us on Outdoors Radio, I'm Dan Small. The Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies are celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for young forest wildlife. You can learn more online at roughedgrousesociety.org. And joining us now is a regular guest on the show, John Steigerwald. He is the Western Great Lakes Forest Conservation Director for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies, and it's uh, always good to talk to him. We talk about once a month, and John, uh, welcome back. Good to be back. Well, uh, spring is here <laughs> in a lot of ways, and uh, uh, some people have been telling me they're hearing grouse drumming already. Yeah, spring uh, sort of sprung on us at least a couple weeks earlier than, than usual, earlier than normal, but uh, um, rough grouse are definitely um, making their presence known out in, in the the North Woods. Um, I was even out yesterday and, and heard a few few rough grouse uh, out drumming. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're out working on your your property, if you're out at the cabin uh, this weekend and you hear something like a tractor uh, starting up in the distance, uh, it's probably rough grouse that you're hearing. Yeah, yeah. And once you've learned that sound, it's unmistakable. Uh... It, it truly is. I, I give workshops uh, all over the state, all over my territory. And I always ask the audience, who, who here has seen a rough grouse? Mm. And usually usually I get half to 75% of the people raise their hands, but then I ask, who has ever heard a rough grouse? And it's it's always 100%. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I would hear them a lot uh, trout fishing in the spring. I, in fact, um, uh, the uh, white—I think it's what is it—the white-throated sparrow, the the one that has uh, a distinct call. And then uh, I would I would hear that bird, and then of course I'd hear rough grouse drumming. And you know, it, it's not always easy to pinpoint where the drumming is coming from. It's not because uh, it, it's sort of a, a hollow echo, so it it it, some, it takes some some time, some skill, um, some patience, and persistence to to sort of learn learn their their habits and, and where that drumming might be coming from. Now, uh, people who might be uh, out oh, uh, gathering maple sap or uh, looking for early spring mushrooms or whatever else they might be doing, um, if they're hoping to hear grouse. Uh, you can't just walk in the woods anywhere. Uh, there's specific habitat that the male grouse use for drumming, isn't there? Yeah, rough, rough grouse utilize a really diverse amount of habitat during their, their life cycles. Um, in the fall, when, when most rough grouse hunters are out, they're mostly used to finding rough grouse in, in young forested habitats. Um, in the wintertime, they tend to use a little bit older, uh, older forest structure for feeding on aspen buds. This time of year, they can be found in the, the younger aspen stands again. But what rough grouse are really looking for are really specific drumming uh, qualities in, the, in that habitat. Um, they're typically looking for an, an open structure um, in the immediate area in front of them, but then a really high small tree density. So basically a lot of, of saplings, um, typically uh, aspens, hardwood, uh, but they're looking for that overhead cover. And with that open territory in front of them, the open area immediately in front of them, they're looking to be able to detect predators, competitors, and mates, but still have escape cover relatively a short distance away. Because oh. you have to think about this, this drumming, what they're doing is, is propping themselves up on uh, a fallen log, a tree stump, a rock, uh, an uprooted tree uh, mound, something to give them a little bit of a stage to project out that sound. And they're exposing themselves to a lot of a lot of hazards, a lot of risks, being that rough grouse are really at the bottom of the food chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I read somewhere, oh gosh, years ago, that the frequency that the the sound frequency of the drumming is inaudible to owl species i don't know if it's all species but the ones that would be of concern would be uh great horned and barred owls because they're big enough to take a grouse uh is there any truth to that or have you heard that i have i have not heard that 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 goes beyond my knowledge but what i can say is that um one of these, these things you typically hear is that is that the rough grouse are creating a a miniature sonic boom uh-huh. with their their wings beating. That that is un, untrue. Uh-huh. Um, it's not it's not a true sonic boom. The sound really comes from from the movement of their wings uh, through the air, um, and the, and they are not. You know, we we also hear sometimes that they're that grouse are drumming against their chest. They're beating their chest. That that is untrue. Yeah. It's just simply the movement of the wings through the air that are creating that beating sound. Yeah. Okay. Well, and uh, in my experience, um, the males will do it all day and some, in some cases all night to attract mates. And, and this isn't the only time of year they'll, they'll drum either. Um, when the young brood start, uh, the juvenile birds start to break up in the fall and find their own territories, uh, when they break up from that, um, from, from their brothers and sisters and their, their mother, uh, they're going out and seeking their own territory, uh, the, the males are. And when they find an area of territory, they can use that drumming as a more or less a territorial display mm-hmm. to say, hey, this is this is where I'm at. This is where I found my territory. So you can hear that drumming even at different times of the year as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, and let's uh, switch gears and talk about the other bird that uh, your society's um, focuses on, and that's the American woodcock. They don't live here all year, uh, but they should be coming back pretty soon. Yeah, the, the timber, timber doodles are arriving back uh, in, in Wisconsin. Um, I've, I've heard reports of them in, in the southern part of the state. Of course, by the time this, this probably airs, there'll be woodcocks throughout the state. But uh, they are a migratory upland game bird. 
uh, American Woodcock Art, uh, also referred to as Timber Doodle. Mm-hmm. Um, and they they migrate south for the winter, uh, winter over in, in the Gulf Coast states, but they are making their way back right now. Uh huh. And how do we know they're back? What do you look for? Uh, they, they are not yet. Um, they they would not yet be doing their their mating ritual, but uh, you'd have to uh, physically see them or or see them. Um, you have to see them flying overhead or, or really landing on the ground this time. Mm-hmm. But uh, when when they get in get into their, their their mating ritual, what they're looking for is a a slight open area, uh, a forested opening area. Um, so a little, quite a bit different than, than rough grouse looking for that, that dense closed canopy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then their mating ritual involves them flying up into the air and doing spirals, actually creating a, a whistling noise, um, to attract their, their mate. And it, it's a, it's a, it can be a little bit eerie and spooky when you hear it for the first time and you can wonder what that is. But after you, you hear it, you, you won't, uh, you won't forget it and you'll always be able to detect, uh, uh, American woodcock. Um, they actually go quite, quite high up into the air, or can go quite, quite high up in the air. And you can see the the birds spiraling towards the ground right at dusk. Um, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty uh, cool experience if you're lucky enough to see it. Yeah, uh, Aldo Leopold wrote about it, and others have as well. And then once they're on the ground, the males do that kind of a deep noise, you know. They're, they're, they're painting yeah. is, is what it's called. But, um, but yes, it, it, that's a, it's another way to acoustically detect, uh, an American woodcock. Yeah. So I guess they're, they're flying up in the sky doing the Twitter, uh, sky dance. They land on the ground and they paint and then they say, honey, I'm here. And, and that's supposed to, uh, let the females know they're around. It, they're, they're truly a, a very interesting, unique, uh, bird species um some really cool habits yeah yeah i've uh i've enjoyed uh back when my hearing was better i i can't hear the the, the whistling anymore but i can hear the painting you know uh but i would enjoy uh watching that sky dance and then see them come and land and sometimes just yards from you if you pick the right spot and they'll come right to the same spot uh time after time they aren't as easily startled as a rough grouse where rough grouse will of course, if you're an upland hunter, you know, they'll take off with a burst of energy and scare the dickens out of you, especially if you're a deer hunter walking out to your stand at uh, <laughs> early yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Um, but rough, uh, but American Woodcock, I guess, they'll hold a little bit, a little bit longer. You can, you can really walk up and get a good look at them. Yeah. Well, uh, before we let you go, um, you wanted to say something about the Knowles Nelson Stewardship Fund reauthorization. What, what can you tell us about that? Yeah, just wanted to make, make folks aware that, uh, Governor Tony Evers has called for a 10-year reauthorization of the Knowles Nelson Stewardship Fund in his, uh, biennial budget, uh, address. Um, so this will be something that, um, it'll be something really heavily discussed in our state in the, the coming months. And I would encourage uh, folks if, if they enjoy the outdoors, they enjoy, um, the benefits that we get from the Knowles House Stewardship Fund, like access to to water, to land, areas to recreate, reach out to their representatives and, and let it be known uh, that they they want the reauthorization of the Knowles House Stewardship Fund. It's a fund that many nonprofits, many land trusts, counties all take advantage of um, to help bring those opportunities to their to their residents and the people that they represent. Um, it's also something that that really heavily supports um, our forest products industry in our state. Of course, leading not just to additional land acquisition, but uh, access to to a lot of land that currently is inaccessible um, in the state of Wisconsin. There there is just over fifty thousand acres in the state of Wisconsin that is not accessible. Um, through any means. In other words, landlocked public land mm-hmm. that is not, not accessible, um, to the public. So Knowles also Stewardship Fund helps to make possible for, uh, residents, citizens to be able to further gain access to those lands that are, that we currently own that are inaccessible. Um, also for the help of securing boat landings, long-term conservation easements on, uh, critically important habitat. So it, it's a great program. 
um, that is named after uh, a Republican and a Democratic governor uh, that both really saw the importance of conservation to really the lifestyle of uh, the people of Wisconsin. So yep. a very good piece of legislation. It's been around for years, yep. and he's calling for the 10-year reauthorization. Uh, get out there and, and show your support. All right. Uh, I was fortunate enough to know both of those governors, not well, but uh, two fine gentlemen, fine statesmen, and I don't know anyone who worked across the aisle better than those two. So, uh, uh, Well, of course, my, my family, uh, uh, they're, they're pretty well known in, in northern Wisconsin for the Christmas tree uh, uh-huh. industry. Yep. And uh, my grandfather gave a Christmas tree to Governor, to Governor Knowles. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> so uh, down at the down at the Capitol, uh, or, so it, it's a uh, um, yeah, it, it's something somewhat rooted in my my uh, family heritage too. Maybe a little bit biased on that that end, but really everybody uh, benefits from the Knowles Nelson Storage Fund in our state. Absolutely. Well, John, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk again next month and uh, see how things are progressing. And meanwhile, enjoy this spring. You too. Thank you. John Steigerwald is the Western Great Lakes Forest Conservation Director for the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies, and the societies are celebrating 60 years of habitat improvement for young forest wildlife. You can learn more at roughgrousesociety.org. I'm Dan Small, more outdoors radio right after this. For the nonprofit Rough Grouse Society, the well-being of the rough grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN-RGS. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. As Remy Battery enters the 90th anniversary of our company, we want to thank all of our customers and friends we've made over the years. We can't even begin to imagine how many batteries we've put into our community's cars, boats, campers, ATVs, businesses, and homes over the past nine decades. We want to thank you for your continued support to our local, family-owned company. As we continue to power through winter, we can't wait to see you soon. To prep your boats, motorcycles, and all of your summer toys. We have batteries from the largest military crafts to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Don't forget to ask your sales representative about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Attention landowner, the Conservation Reserve Program, CRP, is now open. CRP is a great alternative for low-yielding acres to improve farm profitability, deliver high-quality wildlife habitat, cleaner water, and healthier soils. The CRP sign-up is going on right now through February 12th. Find a local Pheasants Forever biologist at pheasantsforever.org slash CRP or visit your local USDA service center. Farm the best, CRP the rest. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. And joining us now is retired DNR Conservation Warden John Planky. John was a warden for 31 years here in Wisconsin, and he's actually been working with the Hunter Education program as an instructor and in other capacities for 40 years. So he's been very much involved in hunter education for, uh, boy, more than half his life, actually. Uh, John, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Dan. I appreciate it. Yeah. uh, Now, last week, uh, some of our listeners probably heard we talked with John King about the 
the, the resumption of in-person hunter education classes. And uh, you and I were talking before we recorded, um, and this is uh, an important aspect of hunter education, the in-person part. Yes, Dan, uh, Wisconsin's got a rich history, as a lot of people know, of hunter education. Uh, the program started back in 1967 and has evolved over the last few decades. We've actually hit over 50 years of, of instruction, actually, in 2017. And it is a very important program that, that, that brings in uh, not only safety but ethics into the beginning and, and uh, inexperienced hunters uh, that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Did you or did anyone uh, notice a difference in the, um, I don't know, the quality of, uh, of hunter uh, education or um, the attitude of graduates or anything like that in this past year when we haven't had in-person classes? Well, people, I think, like to have these in-person classes. Uh, everything went online, I believe, in October to allow people because there was a backlog of of young and beginning hunters out there that wanted to go hunting and there was no classes because it was shut down, and so they allowed the online. But I think people are, are really yearning to, to get back into the classroom, to work work with instructors that are knowledgeable in, in safety and ethics, and, and basically just do hands-on type training before they go out into the field. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Now, uh, you, uh, again, before we started recording, you suggested that there's um, there's a risk that the in-person training might disappear. Well, what's happening, Dan, is there's there's trends around the country right now uh, to make everything online for all ages. Uh, a few years ago, uh, Wisconsin passed a law that allowed people uh, 18 and above to go online and, and get their certification without any contact by instructors. And so there's a risk involved right now because there's other states that have gone this, this route. And I've talked with a number of instructors, and we, we don't want that to happen. We we know the importance of online training uh, with a hands-on. We notice the, the retention level is higher uh, when, when instructors actually work with the students in safety practices and firearms handling practices. So we don't we don't want to see that disappear. Um, is there any evidence in the states where it's uh, no longer in person uh, that that instruction is no longer required? That there's been any kind of impact? Uh, right now, there's there's not a lot because a lot of these states just in the last four to five years have gone there, um, and again, they have no other option other than online uh, online training. So, no, to answer your question, there's not been evidence right now. Uh, we do know, however, that when we've had the adult program, that there has been approximately a six percent failure rate of the people that have come in for the test out that Wisconsin has authorized for eighteen and above compared with a 1% failure rate in the hands-on classes. So I think the hands-on classes speak for themselves because the retention is better. And when it comes test time, the students actually are able to uh, relay back uh, to the instructors at test time what they have learned in the classes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and do, do you hear anecdotally from students uh, that they appreciate the hands-on part or that they'd rather just do it online and be done with it? The instructors, Dan, that I've talked to over the last uh, year or two have relayed experiences that they've had with with students and parents saying they don't want this to go away. They really feel the importance of the interaction with with instructors and students. Uh, They don't want to see this go away because this is an important step in in beginning hunters is, is taking your hunter education, learning what the four basic firearm safety rules are, being able to apply them while you go afield, and sitting in front of a computer, doing your training in front of a computer is no substitute for actually working with firearms and working with an instructor to, to show the new hunters the right way to do things. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, is, there, uh, is there a risk that we might lose um, in-person instruction in Wisconsin? I think there is a, a real risk, possibly, if, if we don't rally around the program and, and, and talk to legislators and, and make sure that this does not go away. Um, again, what I said a minute ago that the, the adult, the parents and students enjoy these classes, but there's got to be a balance. We need to find that balance with the safety classes. And we've talked about this for a number of years, even when I was working as a, a recreational safety warden, that the safety classes don't become a barrier to hunter education, to hunting, people wanting to go hunting. So we've got to find a balance. And I think by having classes that are reduced hours in length, uh, having the hands-on component, 
uh, involved with that, uh, making sure the classes don't last more than, than 16 to 18 and 19 hours in length or even shorter. Uh, gives them that opportunity to get some training without having a great burden put on their, their time and constraints. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Is there anything um, uh, concerned hunters uh, can do to to, uh, to to try to keep the in-person instruction? Well, the, the best thing you can do is, is probably write letters or make phone calls to your legislators. Um, and, again, it goes across both aisles, both parties, telling them how important it is to keep hunter education training for beginning hunters. And right now, you know, the law is in place for 18 and older that they can take it all online. We encourage anybody just getting into hunting, whether you're 35 or you're 11 or 12 years of age, to get into a hunter safety class. Learn the right way of doing things before you touch that gun. So, yeah, contact your legislators, write letters, make phone calls, tell them that they don't want to go the same. We don't want Wisconsin to go the same route that other states have gone. Uh Now, I understand that the spring hearings, which are coming up in a few weeks, will have uh, an advisory question on this issue. Yeah, the spring hearing is is coming up uh, in April, and there is a question that does talk about supporting and requiring an in-person hands-on opportunity as part of the safety training for individuals over the age of 18. Now, I would be in favor of that. However, you know, there's a state law already in place that, that deals with 18 and above do not have to take a class, but maybe there can be some type of a compromise that allows these people that, that take an online program, if they want to come in for free for three or four hours of instruction without having to take a test, just an awareness type, type program, Dan, where they can learn about safely handling firearms in a, in a actual practical uh, setting. Uh-huh. So um, this is an advisory question, right? It's not a uh, – if people vote on it, what happens? If people vote on it, it actually will send a message to the Congress, which in turn they will let the Natural Resources Board and the legislators know that this is on the, the public's radar, that they are either in support or, or not in support of this particular uh, question. Then eventually what would happen is it could become – a regular question on the conservation or on the uh, spring hearing, a regular DNR question that could then go on to be voted on for legislation. Uh-huh. Okay. And and meanwhile, uh, I imagine you and other hunter ed instructors are excited about uh, being back in the classroom and face to face with students. Oh, definitely. And I, I encourage the people out there to go online, to, to go to the Go uh, DNR Go Wild website, take a look for upcoming classes in their county or adjoining counties, and, and start signing up for these classes. Uh, these classes typically fill up pretty fast. Find one that meets your schedule. Find one that's, that's local if you can, and get back into this instruction because the volunteers I've talked to, you're right, they're just actually itching to get back into the classroom and, and teach uh, uh, beginning hunters. Okay. Well, John, thank you so much for uh, sharing these insights on our hunter ed program. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know anyone who's not a supporter of it, and uh, um, it, it's uh, it's pretty clear the hands-on component is important, and let's hope we can continue it. It's been my pleasure, Dan, and thank you for having me on. You bet. John Planky is a retired DNR conservation warden and a hunter education instructor. And as he mentioned, uh, you can go to the DNR website and uh, learn about uh, uh, what hunter education classes are offered. You can do that on the Go Wild site. And uh, if you go to the DNR site, you'll see a link to the spring hearings questionnaire, uh, and that's coming up in April. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the ruffed grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. 
Attention landowner, the Conservation Reserve Program, CRP, is now open. CRP is a great alternative for low-yielding acres to improve farm profitability, deliver high-quality wildlife habitat, cleaner water, and healthier soils. The CRP sign-up is going on right now through February 12th. Find a local Pheasants Forever biologist at pheasantsforever.org slash CRP or visit your local USDA service center. Farm the best, CRP the rest. Flow has been making world-class aluminum trailers for 38 years, and the all-new Versamax UT is a giant leap forward in utility trailer technology. Whether you're working on projects or planning a trip, a Flow UT trailer will serve you like no other. And Flow technology eliminates the rattling and banging you get when towing most utility trailers. Whether you're buying for the first time or looking to make an upgrade, see for yourself what sets us apart at floeintl.com. The Versamax UT, another game changer from Flow. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Outdoors Radio is brought to you by Open Season Sportsman's Expo, March 26th through the 28th at Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Check them out this weekend, openseasonsportsmansexpo.com, and by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend on the web at cedarlakesales.com. And Cedar Lake Sales is open for business. You can check out their website and Facebook page. And congratulations to them. They have actually been rated one of the best in the nation for the 15th year in a row. So, uh, you know, whether you're looking for a new boat or used boat or accessories for your boat uh, or just need work done, uh, you can check out Cedar Lake Sales. Uh, it's the place to go. They do a great job, take care of their customers all the way through. They certainly do. And that's a customer-voted uh, rating. So it's not the industry saying, we like what you do. It's customers reporting that uh, these guys do a great job. So. Congrats to them, for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, if you missed an episode of Outdoor Wisconsin, you can watch any show from the past several seasons online at milwaukeepbs.org. And if you missed Deer Hunt Wisconsin and still have a a deer fix in your mind, you can watch it online on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin YouTube channel. If you missed anything on today's show, you can listen online at lake-link.com. Go to their outdoor radio page and click on our show. You can listen to this show Past shows up to about a year. You can follow us along on social media as well throughout the week. Follow Dan at Dan Small Outdoors and follow me at Hardwater Jeff. And we've been talking about the Capital City Muskies, Inc. Virtual University. Uh, this is the second weekend of it. Uh, there are three sessions on Saturday and next Saturday, April 3rd, three more sessions. And I'm kind of uh bat and cleanup i guess you could say i'm doing the fly fishing seminar the last day uh the last seminar of the last day and there's still time to register uh there's a small fee to cover the cost uh, because it's a zoom uh program and there's a live chat following each seminar just go to capitalcitymuskiesinc.org for info and to sign up if you're ever in a car or motorcycle accident and need help, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupe.com. And by the way, all 11 offices of Hupe and Abraham are open for business if you need their help. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can hear more of his tunes at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small here with Jeff Kelm. Get outside this weekend, and uh, I'm going to try to do that. I haven't been out of the house much at all. And join us again next week for Outdoors Radio. You've been listening to Outdoors Radio, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Find more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Brought to you by Lake Link. Your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Let's get to the perfect speed. Oh, how I love leaving the shore behind. When the cool night swallows the moose's nose and the heron is fishing. On one cold leg When the loon cries lover 
in the blue north wind. I'll be trolling home to you. When my wrist gets a little chilly on the gunnel, when my lazy Ike is just too lazy to lure. When the worms go dry in the coffee can, honey, I'll be true. 